What's up, world? I'm Cameron McKinney, and this is Pop Culture Spotlight, a podcast about A Quiet Place Part 2 and the newest Disney animated films, Raya and the Last Dragon and Luca from Disney Pixar. But first, let's talk about A Quiet Place Part 2. Here's a quick synopsis. After the events of the first film, Evelyn and her three children are on their own, on the run from the creatures when they run into Emmett, an old friend of the family who has lost all hope and is just trying to survive. Like a lot of people, I highly anticipated this sequel to the first one because I adored the first one. I thought John Krasinski proved himself to be a big-time filmmaker, and one of the biggest reasons why I think the second one is almost as good, if not better, than the first one is because the two young stars have gotten even better. That's Millicent Simmons and Noah Jupe, who have both taken bigger roles in the sequel. Simmons has become the heart and soul of the franchise, and Jupe has quietly had a brilliant run for a young actor. He's appeared in A Quiet Place, Ford v. Ferrari, Honey Boy, A Quiet Place Part 2, and the miniseries The Night Manager and the Undoing and is set to appear in Steven Soderbergh's new film, No Sudden Move. And then you have Emily Blunt who adds another stellar film to her resume. I mean, look at the list of films she's been in. The Devil Wears Prada, Young Victoria, Looper, Edge of Tomorrow, Into the Woods, Sicario, and Mary Poppins Returns, and of course the first A Quiet Place film. Those two films happened in the same year, A Quiet Place and Mary Poppins Returns. If that does not show you what a great actress that Emily Blunt is, then nothing will. I mean, in 2018, she starred in both of those films, and I thought she was equally brilliant in both of them. I thought Mary Poppins Returns wasn't as good as Mary Poppins, but Emily Blunt was just as good as the iconic character, and then in A Quiet Place, not a lot of actresses could have given that kind of performance with that little dialogue. And like in most sequels, the franchise added to the cast, and boy did they add a brilliant new cast member in Killian Murphy. He's a fantastic addition to the cast. It takes a real movie star to be that interesting without a lot of dialogue, and this isn't the first time he's done this. He was superb in Dunkirk, where you could tell what he was feeling without him saying it out loud. It's also cool to see Murphy in an apocalypse-like movie since the movie that made him famous was 28 Days Later. Daman Hansu, who is best known for his performances in Amistad, Gladiator, and Blood Diamond, also is really good in a smaller yet impactful role. That's what makes or breaks sequels, is who they add to the movies. I mean, if these performances didn't work, A Quiet Place Part 2 would not have been a very good movie. But because Killian Murphy fits in so well with the tone of the franchise, the movie is just as good is the first one. This movie doing great at the box office is a huge victory for writer-director John Krasinski. He proves as a big-time director, he's more than just a one-hit wonder. He has turned this into a franchise, and like Rob Reiner and Ron Howard before him, it seems like Krasinski is going to go from sitcom star into master filmmaker. Think about how crazy that is. I mean, Ron Howard came from Happy Days and became a Oscar-winning filmmaker. Rob Reiner was one of the stars in All of the Family, and he went on to direct A Few Good Men, one of my favorite movies 
of all time. He is thought of as one of the best directors ever. And the same thing might be happening to John Krasinski, who is best known for being Jim from The Office. Well, he's no longer just Jim from The Office. I think right now, he is a top 10 filmmaker. Getting to what I really liked about A Quiet Place 2, first off, that was the best opening of any film I've recently seen. I mean, the opening of this movie is phenomenal. It's a bit of a flashback type moment before the events of the first film. They kind of brought John Krasinski's character back. I thought it was a really powerful first scene of a sequel movie like this. They were all in. From the get-go, you knew this movie was going to be special. And this is what I like about recent horror films. They're not about the monsters. They're saying something about where we are as a society. I mean, you have A Quiet Place. You also have Get Out, which was about race in America. Us was about the other 99% of people who aren't rich. Midsommar was about heartbreak. I love that these films are interested in what's happening in our world. They're not about the monster. They're not about the creatures. They're about the human beings and what's going on. A Quiet Place franchise is about family and what you're willing to do to protect your family and how far you're willing to go for your family. And that's all something we can relate to. Even if we don't live in a world where there are silent monsters coming after us over and over and over again. These two films prove that you can make a franchise out of new material that you don't have to go and be in Marvel movies. I think it would be really silly for John Krasinski to direct these two movies and then go be Mr. Fantastic in a Marvel movie. I don't think that's going to happen because he just proved he can make his own blockbuster films. He doesn't need DC Comics. He doesn't need Marvel. He doesn't need to make a superhero movie. He can do it on his own and he's one of the few filmmakers that can do it on his own. And this film is turning into a franchise. Jeff Nichols is going to direct a third Quiet Place film. I don't know if it's going to be chronologically the final film of the franchise, but I'm super excited. I mean, this guy has directed some of my favorite movies from Take Shelter, Mud with Matthew McConaughey, which I think is an absolute masterpiece. Loving is one of the best films I've ever seen, and if you doubt if Jeff Nichols can direct a big-time blockbuster, just watch the film Midnight Special. It fits the tone of the Quiet Place franchise. That's why Jeff Nichols I think will direct a great Quiet Place type of film. What I like about A Quiet Place Part 2 is it's like simple yet complicated at the same time. It's the perfect modern blockbuster. You have Emily Blunt, you have Killian Murphy, you have Millicent Simmons and Noah Jupe. This movie has all you want in a modern horror. I highly recommend you check out A Quiet Place Part 2. Let's switch gears and talk about two of the latest Disney animated films that have come out this past year. You have Raya and the Last Dragon and Luca. First, with Raya and the Last Dragon, it's kind of funny to see Disney late to the whole dragon party that has been happening in TV and film for a decade now. I mean, you've already had Game of Thrones. You already had an animated film about dragons with How to Train Your Dragon. In their credit, this is a very good movie that stars Kelly Marie Tran, who is best known for being in The Last 
Last Jedi. You also have Aquafina from Crazy Rich Asians in The Farewell. Gemma Chan from Crazy Rich Asians and Let Them All Talk. Benedict Wong from The Martian and Doctor Strange. And Sandra Oh from Sideways and Grey's Anatomy. For me, the big standout is Aquafina. I think her vocal performance in this is reminiscent of Eddie Murphy and Mulan. I mean, she gets to be the comedic sidekick dragon. And it's really impressive that at this point in her career, this is what Aquafina does even in animated films. She's a scene stealer. She did it in Ocean's 8, a movie I recently watched that stars Sandra Bullock and Kate Blanchett. And Aquafina is better than both of them. And of course, she did it in Crazy Rich Asians. She's the best thing in that movie. I mean, Aquafina is a movie star. Just watch The Farewell. What really impressed me about Raya and the Last Dragon as a movie is that the movie knew what its theme was. The movie was about trust and how Raya can't trust anyone because she's been let down in life. And I think that's a theme that doesn't get thought of a lot in movies, especially animated ones. I mean, Disney at this point could make an animated film about something stupid and we would all go and like it. But for them to make a movie about something so noteworthy like trust, I think is noble in a way. I mean, that's kind of a deep idea for a kid's movie. The idea of who you can trust and who you can't. And at some point, you're going to have to put your trust in someone. I mean, that's a deep thought for a children's film. And I thought the movie really explored that idea brilliantly. Of course, I mean, they went through the same cliche that every Disney movie does where something has to happen to the main character's parent. I mean, I'm sick of that. But this was an original thing that I've never seen done in a Disney movie. The idea of trust. And I think that really relates to where we are as a modern society. A lot of people are not trustworthy of people they don't know. Now more than ever, we are closed off with this idea of groups and who we trust and who we don't. And a majority of people don't trust anyone right now. I think that's a very relatable thought. And to see it seen in a kid's movie is kind of spectacular in my opinion. Then with Luca, you get Disney Pixar's best looking film. There's one scene with a bunch of Vespas that blew my mind. This film stars two of the most well-known young stars, Jacob Tremblay from Room and the Boys and Jack Dylan Grazer from the It movies and Shazam. The real breakout of the movie is Emma Berman who voices Julia. It's such a fun character and I really love the ending of the movie. What happens between her character and Luca. I mean I just love a break breakout vocal performance where the comedic roles of these movies just really pop. I mean, it's what happened with Aquafina in Ryan the Last Dragon. It's the same thing that happened with Emma Berman and Luca. I mean, those are the roles I gravitate to in these kind of movies. It's the comedic relief. I did not like the live action Lion King, the one that John Favreau directed, until Seth Rogen and Billy Eichner showed up as Timon and Pumbaa. And then I thought it was the funniest movie on planet earth like it was laugh out loud hilarious the same thing with Mulan Mulan's a fine movie but the reason I love Mulan is because of Mushu you have characters like Phil and Hercules voiced by Danny DeVito I love the comedic relief characters in animated films they just pop it's why Robin Williams is brilliant in Aladdin he doesn't have to be the main character he can just be the comedic relief that's what works in these films the main characters can be rather 
they're boring. They're just there to be heroic. But the characters like the ones Aquafina plays in Raya and the Last Dragon, those are my favorite characters in animated films. Scuttle from Little Mermaid. I mean, he's funny. He's just there to be funny. Another great example of comedic relief in an animated film is Wreck-It Ralph with Sarah Silverman as Vanellope. I laughed out loud after seeing her in that movie. That changed my entire opinion of Sarah Silverman. I knew she was a funny stand-up, but now I think she's one of the five funniest human beings ever after I saw that film. Comedic sidekicks really work in Disney animated films. It's why Olaf is super famous after Frozen because those kind of characters are the ones that make me and kids laugh the most. What I find really fascinating about both Raya and the Last Dragon and Luca is they don't seem to be massive hits. Like, yes, we're in the middle of a pandemic and all, but neither of these movies have popped the way that Soul popped. I mean, Disney Pixar Soul came out and immediately everyone talked about how it's one of the greatest Disney films we've ever seen, how it's up there with those classics. I mean, there are some Disney animated films that become super mainstream. The Lion King, Frozen, the list goes on and on and on. And then you have more of these underrated films that not a lot of people have seen yet are really high quality. Like just because you aren't a billion dollar Disney movie does not mean you're not a very good film. And I feel like some people put the ones that don't make a lot of money under the column of really bad movie. Like a lot of people are talking about how Luca's not as deep as Soul because Soul was super popular and a lot of people had deep conversations about the movie Soul. I think Luca is a high quality film and is better than a lot of other Pixar movies that people find popular. I mean, think about the movie Cars. Cars has not aged well. Yes, it was a hit movie. It voiced Owen Wilson. I would not rewatch the film Cars. I would definitely rewatch the film Luca in a heartbeat. I mean, there have been some Disney animated films over the past few years that have taken over the culture. Frozen. Every kid and their parents have sung the songs from Frozen. You also have Zootopia, which was a massive hit, which I think is also a brilliant film. Moana, which I think is kind of overrated. Like, we all seem to think that every Disney animated film is going to be better than the next one, and that's not always the case, and I think in some cases, there have been some criminally underrated films. Here's some of these films that I think are super underrated. Robin Hood, I've seen this film like 10 to 25 times. I absolutely love this film. You also have The Great Mouse Detective. Who doesn't love this movie? It's like the best film adaptation of a Sherlock Holmes thing I've ever seen. You have A Bug's Life, which was the second Disney Pixar film. I mean, the only reason we don't look at A A Bug's Life as a classic is because of Toy Story and how great Toy Story is. Yes, compared to Toy Story, A Bug's Life isn't that great, but on its own, I think it is a special, unique film. The Emperor's New Groove, starring David Spade and John Goodman. Who does not love The Emperor's New Groove? At the time, it was not a massive hit. I mean, we were already past the era of Lion King, Beauty and the Beast, the golden age of the Disney animated film was done, and nobody appreciated how funny The Emperor's New Groove was. Now we can re-watch that film and say, wow, this movie is a classic. Even though it didn't make a billion dollars, it is better than some of those Disney films we look at as successes. And there are two recent films that I think are top 10 Disney animated films that are never in that discussion. The first one is Tangled, which is a far 
superior film than Frozen. This film stars Mandy Moore and Zachary Levi. It is by far the best adaptation of Rapunzel I've ever seen. I love this movie. This movie definitely should have had a sequel. It was a massive success, but then a few years later, Frozen happened, and it feels like everyone's forgotten how great Tangled is. And the other one is Disney Pixar's Monsters University, the sequel to Monsters, Inc. I love this film. I think it's almost as good, if not better, than the first one. Billy Crystal is hilarious in it. John Goodman is great. You also have Helen Mirren, Steve Buscemi. Who doesn't like this film? This movie was not thought of as top-tier Pixar, but it is better than a lot of these Pixar films that you all think are brilliant. Like, Monsters University is a lot better than WALL-E. WALL-E is thought of as a massive success. It was an Oscar favorite movie. Guess what? Monsters University is better. I think what we're doing in the moment is kind of stupid because we're judging these animated films off their box office instead of their longevity. Some of these films that make so much money don't last in the zeitgeist, yet a lot of people still watch The Emperor's New Groove, a movie that nobody cared about when it came out. That's what can happen to some of these films, and I feel like the same thing is going to happen with Raya and the Last Dragon and Luca. In the moment, yes, they're not massive movies. They're not going to get nominated for Oscars, probably. I mean, I could see Luca get a Best Animated Feature nomination. It's probably not going to win. In the moment, you're underrating it. I think as time goes by, you're going to look at Luca and say, wow, this is a way better movie than I gave it any credit for. Also, I just love Pixar's recent run of original films. They've had Onward, Soul, and Luca. Keep making original movies and stop making these sequels. I liked Toy Story 4. It's a good movie. I don't need any more Toy Story films. I want new, original, crazy ideas from Pixar. They're animated films. Animated movies should not get sequels. They should only be original ideas. I love Toy Story 2. It's one of the best Pixar films ever. I would still rather a new, original idea from Pixar. The same with Raya and the Last Dragon. I want more original Disney films like that. I love Zootopia. I love Big Hero 6. Big Hero 6 is in my top 5 of Disney animated films. I don't need a Frozen sequel. Frozen 2 didn't do anything for me. I like the direction that Disney Pixar and Disney animated films are headed. They are making original films and they are getting some really good voice performances. I love Tina Fey in Soul. I loved... Jamie Foxx in that movie. I loved Aquafina and Ryan the Last Dragon. I loved Jacob Tremblay, Jack Dylan Grazer, and Emma Berman in Luca. I want more performances like that in Disney animated films, and I want original films, not sequels to their classics. We all love the classics. We still all re-watch the classics, but I like where Disney Pixar and Disney animated films are headed, and I'm kind of sick of Disney's live-action strategy. I don't need a live-action adaptation of every Disney movie I watch as a kid. There's also this weird thing with the reviews for Luca, where we were talking about how Soul is too deep for kids and maybe kids won't like it, and then we get a simpler Disney Pixar movie in Luca and we say, oh, this is a bottom tier Pixar movie. I don't understand what people want from Disney Pixar. What I want are movies like Soul, Luca, and Onward. That's what I want from them moving forward. I love the classics, but 
I don't need any sequels. A lot of their sequels are not very good. Finding Dory didn't like. I'll go as far to say the only sequel I love is Monsters University, Toy Story 2, Toy Story 3. I didn't love Toy Story 4. I liked it. Stop making sequels. Keep making original ideas because I really enjoyed Raya and the Last Dragon and Luca and I highly recommend you watch Raya and the Last Dragon and Luca. These are two of the best animated films of the year. Thanks for listening to this edition of Pop Culture Spotlight. I'm Cameron McKinney and there'll be a new episode of the podcast every Thursday on Apple Podcasts and Spotify and this week I put the spotlight on the movies A Quiet Place Part 2, Raya and the Last Dragon and Luca and next week I'm putting the spotlight on the latest film from Steven Soderbergh, No Sudden Move, starring Don Cheadle, Benicio Del Toro, Kieran Culkin, David Harbour, and John Hamm, and The Father, starring Anthony Hopkins. So tune into that, and please rate, review, and subscribe. 